Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. And I'm on, right? I did everything the right way. I'm okay, good. I have to have assistance with technical things at home, so I want, you know. But Philippians chapter 2, and my kids will probably recognize this because we quote this little passage quite often in our house. But Philippians chapter 2, um, in verse uh, 12 through 16, says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, or my beloved, I'm sorry, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Uh, let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege that you've given us uh, to be in your house tonight. I thank you um, for the, the blessing it is to be able to open your word, um, the blessing it is to be free, although sometimes it doesn't feel like freedom outside in the world, but you, you still have been so good to us. And uh, if we think, even think about when um, a lot of Paul's writing was done was when he was in prison, and we have so much to be thankful for. And I pray that you'd help us uh, as we study uh, some things from your word tonight that you'd help us to learn, uh, that you'd uh, give me wisdom, uh, empower me with your Holy Spirit, give me the words to say. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to preach a message tonight titled, Are You Known as a Grumbler? Are You Known as a Grumbler? I hope that you're not known as a grumbler, but if we were to be honest, at least if I was to be honest, I would tell you that sometimes I am known as a grumbler. Um, it's, and if, and if we're all honest, we could all say that at times we let the world determine our attitude more than we let God's word and the Holy Spirit do. And it, and it's very easy to do. Uh, you know, all you have to do is turn on the news, uh, for a couple minutes and you're in a bad place if you're not careful. Um, but Complaining, unfortunately, is probably one of the sins that we most tolerate. If you look at across the board, we, you know, we'd say something like, uh, "Well, lying, oh, that's horrible," and and and, uh, well, uh, committing adultery or or fornication or something like that is absolutely reprehensible. Murder, we we have we, we sometimes put a category on things, and and we say, "Well, that's okay, that's that's wicked," but you know. If I complain once in a while, it's okay. You know, I'm just uh, uh, I'm just airing my grievances. I'm I'm uh, uh, I just have something I have to get off my chest. And once I get it off my chest, I'll be fine and I'll be back in in the spirit. God's word never gives us an ex, uh, uh, an out when it comes to complaining. Um, you know, uh, I I told Pastor earlier. He said you're good to go, and I said this is one of those that's been percolating. And, and the, what I meant by that is sometimes, you know, when you preach, it's you study, 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 and you have no idea what you're going to preach. 
and, and you're just, oh, Lord, please, you got to give me something here. I mean, <laughs> I need some help. And then other times, he, he works, it starts in your devotions, and then you start thinking about a thought, and you're jotting little thoughts down on a piece of paper, and the, this is how I do it anyways, in the back of my Bible, and I'm adding stuff to it and taking stuff out over a longer period of time. And this is something that has just been coming back into my, my thoughts on an almost daily basis. And, and it all started with the passage in, in the Old Testament where uh, Miriam and Aaron complain, or basically attack the man of God is what they do, and, and they disagree with what, how Moses was handling things, and they open their mouths, and God said, no, 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 no. That's not acceptable. And, and, I, and when I read that, and I started thinking about that, I thought, well, how many times do you do that? You may never say it out loud, but you know the Bible says that what goes on in our heart, you know, is really what's what's what what is us. You know, the real us that we don't want anyone else to know about. And and uh, and I, I started thinking about that, and I said, wow, there's a lot of times that I do that, that I may ne never verbalize my complaint, and and I and I justify it and say, well, I never said it out loud. Well, I still thought it. And God judges us on our thoughts and in the, in the intents of our heart. So um, a pastor uh, told, I read about this pastor, he told the story of a time when he was in college. And uh, he went to college in a very hot and a humid state. And uh, he was in his apartment, he had no air conditioning in his apartment, and, and uh, there was no shower in his apartment, only a bathtub, and it was him and his wife. And uh, you could only take a sit-down shower, because this, this wasn't a big enough big enough bathroom. And uh, on a hot, humid day, he found himself grumbling about the inconvenience of the hot apartment, how crummy his apartment was, how inconvenient it was to have to sit down in the shower. Well, he was in Bible college during the, uh, the Vietnam era. And he said, I was sitting there, and he said, God smote me and said, you know, you could be in the jungles of Vietnam getting shot at, getting bitten by all kinds of bugs. And here you are sitting here complaining about, I'm taking care of you, you're in Bible college. And he said, wow, am I that bad? <laughs> and, and, you know, and if we're honest, all of us have those moments. You know, I, I get a kick uh, out of, and I understand where they're coming from, but I get a kick out of everybody saying, and I even have said it a couple times, I feel sorry for the high school seniors and the college seniors because they really didn't get to enjoy their senior year. Well, you know, during World War II and in Vietnam, there was a lot of kids that went right from high school graduation to boot camp. Yeah, right. And within a matter of a couple months, were getting killed or getting shot at fighting for our country. So, you know, they gave up an awful lot too. And I, and, and I understand what people are I understand all that. I, I'm not saying that somebody shouldn't feel bad because... Again, if we, somebody always has it worse than we do. Yeah. And we, we have a lot we can complain about, but somebody always has it uh, worse than we do. Um, so I'd like to talk a few minutes about are you known as a grumbler? So in this passage, um, he goes through and he starts out, and uh, Paul does what Paul does best. Of course, under the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, um, he's given him the words, we understand all that. But he, he, he cuts to the chase. Paul is really good at that. 
He doesn't mince words. He starts out and he says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Then he says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then he says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. He doesn't say, Try to do most things without murmurings and disputings. Notice he doesn't, he doesn't give us an out. Nope. He says do all things. And as many people have stated, uh, all means all, and that's all that all means. We, we, we all understand that what all means. He says do all things without murmurings and disputings. Ouch. Well, at least I say ouch when I read that. Because you know what? That means live in New York without murmurings and disputings. You know what I've reminded myself of? To be just to be honest, this is just me, true confession time. I've reminded myself, had conversations, usually in the car, had conversations, and I said, I've said, God, I know this is where you want me to be. Please forgive me for complaining. Because because I found myself, when all this stuff started going on, I found myself on Zillow. And if you don't know what Zillow is, that's a house-finding app. Yep. Yep. And I, I looked up other states where they were freer. I'm just being honest. And I said, well, I know for a fact there's a good church there. I, I could surely get a job there. And, I, and then God said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't give you a memo about moving. And I said, oh, okay, I guess I'll stay. And I guess I better fix my attitude. I'm just being honest. I'm okay. And, and, I, and uh, so God says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. That's all. All things. So why should we do all things without murmurings and disputings? It goes on and tells us in the next two verses, which I think, this is, this is one of my favorite passages. We spend a lot of time in family devotions on Philippians 2. Especially, I quote this verse a lot in my house, do all things without murmurings and disputings. And those that have had children know, you, maybe you quoted the same verse, you know, when this thing, some reason, and, and maybe, I'm not going to call out my girls, but the girls seem to fight more than the boys, if you have girls, okay? I don't know why. But the boys, they can go at it, and they're, they're good to go in a couple seconds. The girls, it turns into a half a day thing sometimes. But anyways, is, but that's about how it is. I had sisters growing up. So do all things. We quote this verse a lot in our house. But here's the important part about that verse, the do all things without murmurings and disputings, is verse 15 and verse 16. Why? You know, there's a, I'm not, a, a true, another true confession time. One thing about the blessing about homeschooling is that my wife does it and not me. Because I do math. I help with math because I'm, I'm not an expert in math, but I, I understand math. One of my kids brought me their, their literature book the other day and asked me to help them diagram sentences or something. They couldn't figure it out. And I had to say, Could you, where's the answer key? Go downstairs and get the answer key so I can make sure you're doing it right. Because I looked at that and I said, what? Did I, did I ever learn this stuff? I don't remember this. You know, what's an, it was about adverbs, and I'm like, an adverb? What's an, 
add a verb. I, I was all, I forgot. Now I learned all that stuff at one point, I'm sure. But I, and one thing I always teach my kids is it's important to know this stuff. So when you read the Bible, you see a, a colon at the end of that verse. That means there's more to come. That means the thought is not over with, right? So it says that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So the first reason that we need to stop this grumbling thing is because our testimony needs to be at the top of our list. What, what does other passages in the Bible say? That our main job is to glorify God, correct? That, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, we're supposed to glorify God with our lives. Do you think that you're glorifying God with your life when people, especially people that are not of the house of faith, People hear you complain and grumble? When, when you're in the store, I don't know, maybe you're better than me. I, I hope you're better than me. When you're in the store and, and uh, you mumble under your breath, you guys are a bunch of sheep, why don't you fight the system and stand up? I, that's just, I'm just being honest. And you say, what's wrong with all you people? Why are you wearing a mask when you're in your car by yourself? All right, I've asked that question. Okay, hey. Here's, but this is what I've told my kids the same thing in the same mouth that I said that in. I said to my kids, you know what? It's their right. Everybody has a reason for what they do, you know. Uh, maybe there's somebody that, that's, is, I understand some people are more susceptible than others. So I'm not going to criticize someone who's trying to protect themselves out in public. In private, that doesn't really make sense to me, but that's okay. That's not, I'm not the one that has to answer for them, right? And so the point I'm getting across is when you're out in public, you know, I, I work, I work in a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Correction officers have a tendency to be rather base people. And they're not afraid to say anything. They're not afraid to let you know exactly what they're thinking. They think that's part of the job description. Um, construction people have that same, that same. So I'm, I'm kind of used to it. But I sometimes find myself falling into that pattern. You know, when you when you walk into work and you're happy and you're singing, which I'm known for at work, and then the first thing you see when you open the front gate is the picture of Cuomo on the wall. Sometimes I let it take me to a bad place. I'm just being honest. I'm thinking, couldn't we put someone else's picture on the wall when we first walk in, like a, a big smiley face or something? But, but anyways, that that's that. And, and if you're not careful, you can. And, and what does the Bible say? What does it say? It says that the if you want to shine, everybody, you know, everybody writes these. Uh, and I've read them; they're good books. Uh, uh, how to be a great soul winner. How to, uh, you know, uh, win friends and influence people. How, you know, all these things. You want, according to this, this passage here, you want to be successful in your testimony, you will stop complaining, you will stop murmuring. You won't make it your full-time job to bash the president. You won't make it your full-time job to, to bash anybody in leadership. 
You will not be complaining about other, other people. You will not be complaining about other Christians. You will shine, and the Bible says we live in a crooked and perverse generation. Now, if he, he writes, of course, God knew what we were going to be dealing with a thousand years later, but if it was true in Paul's generation, I mean, we have people that are out today and yesterday and day before that turned ripping stores off and ruining people's business into a, there's no sports on TV, so they think we want to watch them grab boxes of sneakers and run out with no consequences and to light police cars on fire. And if, if, we aren't, if we aren't living in a crooked and perverse generation, then what are we living in? Comparatively speaking, I mean, let's, we, we need to, I think, for me anyways, this whole corona thing, and I even hate that word, for a while there, I was making my kids do push-ups every time they said the word Corona in my house. But um, I, I hate that word, but to me, it's kind of woken me up to say, hey, whoa. And we should be the same way. Say, hey, there's something going on here. We need to pay attention. We need to make sure that we're right with God. We need to make sure that we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And, and so our testimony of Christ should be at the top of our list. Our chief end is to glorify God. Our main goal in life should be to make God look good. Now, God doesn't need any help looking good. But what I mean by that is, when people look at your lives, they should see, they shouldn't see me. And unfortunately, too many times they do see me because I think it's important to express my opinion, and, and this is how I feel about this situation. You know, um, I like what, I think it was Pastor King that, that, used to, that has said this several times, but um, he, he always said, you know, my opinion doesn't really matter. He goes, I don't even disagree, what did he say? I don't even agree with myself all the time. And that's true. I've had arguments with myself, okay? And, and uh, you know, not out in public, okay? I don't want to, you know, that's... <laughs> I don't want to get admitted, all right? But people should see God, should see Christ in you. You know, um, why did they call the disciples, why were they first called the disciples? Because they were followers of Christ. Because they, people saw them and they said, oh, whoa, these guys, you know, they, they dropped their nets and they followed Christ. These are true followers of Christ. What do people see when they see you? Do they see a follower of Christ? Um, we are his children. You know, we should act like it. We should not be complaining. You know, um, I, I, part of a job, I think, is a, of, a, of a parent is, you know, a big part, and it seems like it's a never-ending job, is training. You know, you're supposed to train your children. You know, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And one of the ways that you train them is that you train them to be thankful. Uh, you remind them. You know, the Bible even talks about that in Joshua. talks about that in De Deuteronomy. That you remind them not only what God has done uh, in the past, but what he's, he's been doing in your family. And you constantly bring those things up. Remember how God provided this for us. Remember, uh, you know, um, whenever we get together as an extended family, we often will talk about, uh, remember when 
you know, that Christmas and we had no money and, and God provided the money that we needed and, and we needed this and God provided. It's good to do those things. But how would you feel about me as a parent if one of my children, even though I think, in my opinion, compared uh, to a lot of other situations, I think they've got it pretty good. You know, uh, God has been good to us. We have, a, we have a cow in the freezer. Soon we'll have a pig in the freezer. We get our milk from the farmer down the road. We get fresh brown eggs, carts of them, cartons of them. We, we have a garden, that, and we have all those things. We have, we're able to go on vacation, and we're able to, to live out in the middle of nowhere and be left alone. I, I love it. <laughs> but uh, all, all those things that God has provided for us. But how would, if you didn't know me, and one of my children was to talk to you, and they would, would, would say, oh, I've got it rough. You know, uh, my, we're homeschooled, but yet my dad makes a sudden alarm to get up every morning. And, and we've got chores we have to do, and, and uh, we hardly get any food to eat. Which, if you ask some of my children that are growing right now, they think that sometimes. But don't believe them, okay? We put plenty of food on the table. All right? But, you know, and, and, and we just have it so rough over at our house. And, and that's the only point of view that you got. Okay, well, the Bible says that we're God's children if we're saved. What is the view that we portray? What do people see when we're talking about our Father? Do they see, they go, wow. You know, you know what the honest truth is? A re, the reason, and this really slices you, but it's true the reason that some people have not gotten saved or haven't darkened the doors of a church is because they see a christian and they go oof that guy that guy has it worse off than me i don't want any part of that that guy's a jerk <laughs> they should not be saying that and if and it's our fault Really, it is. It's our fault. If someone else thinks that of us, it's our fault. Because we're giving a bad version of what God is. We're, we're, we are, or we're blaspheming almost. We're, we're bad-mouthing our Father. You know what um, um, people should never hear? And this is true with your immediate family. People should never hear you bad-mouth your family. Guys at work all the time pick on me because they say, boy, we'd love to meet your wife. We, the way you talk about her, she must be the most perfect human being in the world. I said, well, you're not going to hear me say a bad word about her. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. Now, <laughs> is my wife perfect? No. She's close to perfect, though, because she lives with me. <laughs> but, but that takes a lot. Puts up with me, right? But that's the, what we, but you know what we do? We complain. We complain. We go to church, or we do this, or, or we don't like the way, and, and you know this, I, was, I was thinking this this morning, or last night. I said, oh, pastor asked me to preach. What's going to happen? Because 
when this is this is what a responsibility not taking lightly first of all second of all when you do this at least for me something always happens where what i'm going to preach about i get tested on mm-hmm. either right before or right after mine came before before okay hopefully <laughs> and <laughs> got home from church the button on the press the button in the car for the garage to open and nothing happened all right and i spent tried to work on it for a little while and it still wasn't happening so i got to fix the garage door but and i said oh and i started to go there and i said stop you can't be preaching about grumbling if you're going to complain about the garage door shut your mouth right so we get tested on those things right so think let's turn over to psalm 78 psalm 78 And I spend a lot of time in Psalm 78, because Psalm 78 is a good reminder about not letting yourself forget and go, in, go into a, a bad place. And as we all know, I mean, anybody that's been in church for any amount of time or read even once through the Bible, you can see that God was so good to the children of Israel. God and still has been good to the children of Israel. And, and God was, was faithful, and he took care of them, and he provided for their needs. But let's read a few verses uh, here in Psalm 78. It says in verse 18, it says, And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven. You know, the Bible says the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. Like I said, he's been so good to them. Then it says um, in uh, verse 39, For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Why did they limit the Holy One of Israel? Because they didn't believe and because they complained. They were ungrateful for what God had given them. You know, maybe, you know, I'm not a a predictor of things, all that. Maybe the stuff that's going on in our country is a wake-up call for God to say to Christians, I've been awful good to you. You live in a country that legalized abortion. You live in a country that took prayer out of schools. You live in a country that has allowed all kinds of wicked legislation to be passed and put into law. And I've showed you mercy. I've allowed you to prosper. I've, I've, I've provided uh, bountiful harvests. You know what? You ever, this is what I, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody, I'm a weird person. If, if you like to drive, okay? I'm one of those weird people that likes to drive for no reason. 
I like to, Sunday afternoons, I like to get in the car and just drive. Have no, have a, a goal in mind to where I'm going, but just drive. And that's when I do a lot of my thinking. I think and I pray. I, I just love and just looking at everything. I've always been that way. And where I work, I have a scenic way I can go. And I drive mile after mile after mile past farm after farm after farm on the way to work. And I see just crops like you would not believe. And, and I often say, boy, God has been so good to us. I mean, if you drive along the lakes, you drive along Cayuga Lake, you drive along Owasco Lake, and you look on both sides of the lake, and all you see is farmland. For, for as far as the, the eye can see, that's all you see. Bountiful harvest everywhere. God has been very good to us. But yet, we still complain. And you know what? And I'll be honest, I've been one of those people. Sometimes we look down on the... I, I have looked down on the children of Israel, and I've said, what's wrong with you? Get your act straight. What, you know, what is wrong with you? And then I say, oh, I can be the same way. You know what? God, uh, God has been very good to me, yet sometimes I find myself complaining. So, let's turn over to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. This is only the first point. There's four, but this, the other ones are short. Okay? Just in case you were wondering. Or they may not even happen. You know, that happens too. It says in uh, Daniel chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And that right there, to sum up our testimony, should be our testimony. Amen. The only fault that anyone should be able to find in us is they should say, okay, when you match up his life to God's word, he doesn't meet every standard because he's a human being. He's not perfect. But otherwise, that guy is blameless. And there's not too many people that you can say that about, unfortunately. We don't, we don't, we're not there. At least I shouldn't say that. Maybe some of you are. I'm not always there. I'm not, sometimes not even close to being there. Um, Daniel was blameless. He lived in integrity. And guess what kind of government he lived underneath? Did he, did he live under a, 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 a wonderful government? No. He lived under an oppressive government. He lived under a pagan government. And yet his attitude was the right attitude. And this is what we do. And I should say we, I say me. We like to, hey, you know what? I've had family members that have died in the service of this country. I'm very patriotic. I have a big American flag off the front of my front porch. Um, I uh, stand with my hand over my heart whenever the national anthem is, is played. I 
um, you know, I'm always teaching my kids about the history of America and showing them uh, finding stuff about patriotism and all those things. And we do live in a good country. But you know what? We've made some bad choices. And sometimes I complain about who's in charge and about decisions that are made. Now, does the Bible say that we, we have to agree with everything that goes on in the country that we live in? No, it never says that. But in our heart, our heart has to be right. And, and we will do less complaining. We will do less murmuring. We will be, do less disputing. You know, uh, there's also the pride factor, which is a huge factor that comes into that disputing thing. Where, you know, the Bible says that it, uh, if there's contention, there's pride involved. Well, folks... We have to understand a very clear message from God that if you want to stick out in a good way, you have to stop complaining. And you know what? We tarnish the testimony. And this is the, the second uh, point kind of. It's, it's kind of all one point, to be honest with you. There's four different points. But they're all kind of all under the same heading. We tarnish the testimony when we grumble and we complain again going back to Moses and Aaron and Miriam when when they complained about Moses God made it very clear that that's not acceptable can I tell you something that it's counterproductive if you go to church or watch church <laughs> all right and if you complain about something that comes from this pulpit. And pastor, I know I know what he would say. It. I've heard him say it several times. He's not perfect. But if, if you want your kids to do what's right, and you want your family to turn out right, disputing what happens at church will not be effective in your home. You and I, all of us in here, have sat in a meeting before. Our VBS leaders, I'm sorry, Jerry, Jerry didn't arrive at perfection yet, okay? All right? Uh, Mr. Beam has not arrived at perfection yet in the teen group. Um, I certainly have not arrived at perfection in junior church. Those that are directing the nursery I have not yet achieved perfection. When you sit in a meeting for a ministry and you do side talking and you project your own ideas when you're not called upon, you are murmuring and disputing. You are, and I've done it too, so I'm not, it's not me saying that everybody's guilty. You are part of the problem. You are becoming Aaron and Miriam. Not a good place to put yourself. And you know what? It's your children are watching you. Can I tell you that? You know what? Uh, one of my kids did something the other day, and I'm not going to say what it is, I'm not going to embarrass them. But they did something the other day, and I was so mad at what they did. And then I said, where? I thought, I, got, I stopped. Before I reacted, I was mad. You know how you can be mad without letting anybody know that you're mad, you know? You're fuming on the inside, but you don't think anybody sees it. But my wife tells me that I have a way of letting people still see it, even though I think nobody sees it. <laughs> Or maybe it's because she reads me so well. But I was so upset about what they had done. 
And then I said, I wonder where they learned that. Have they ever seen me do that? One of my, one of my boys said something about, um, we're out for a walk. In, the, in my house, if you want to know anything about what's happening in the house, you take one of the kids for a ride by themselves or a walk. They'll tell you everything. Right? And, and we were walking, and one of my boys says to me, you know, I wish I could have five minutes with, with, with Governor Cuomo. And I'm thinking, oh boy, where's, where's this going? And I'll tell him exactly what I think about this and that. And at first I was kind of happy, like, yeah, get him. And then I said, hmm, maybe he's heard some things that Dad says that Dad shouldn't say. He's not, and he's a little kid, so I, I don't, I expect him not to be, you know, have it under control completely yet. And I said, you know, maybe he could learn a few more things from me. Because he wasn't speaking glowingly about the governor. Well, where did he hear that from? We don't watch the news in my house. I, I mean, I watch the news, but my kids don't usually watch the news. We don't, we don't watch a lot of news TV. Well, he had to have heard it from me. I said, oof. I didn't like that. But you know what? He heard it from me. It's my fault. He should. And so I've been working on, I'm not, I'm working on my respect factor a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, why? Because the Bible says that, you know, the, it says God, no, God has not forgotten where we are. I guess that's the, I can't think of the verse. God hasn't, you know, I'm talking about being content where you are. God hasn't forgotten where you are. And here's a good thing to remind yourself, okay, about church. And about Christianity, too. If you believe that God has you in this church, that's, this is where he wants you, which is what I believe, then anything that's said from the pulpit, that's, bib, that's biblical, obviously, anything that's said from the pulpit or said by someone that's over you in authority in church, uh, ministry director or a, a choir director, anything like that, then as long as they're not violating God's word, obviously, God knew you were going to hear that and he expects you to respond the right way to it. No. And if he didn't call you here, I'm not trying to run anybody out, okay? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all for more people coming in, not less, okay? But, but I've had to have that conversation with myself, all, not all through my life, but at different times. When I was in the wrong spirit and somebody said something and it, they weren't wrong, but I didn't like what they said. And I have to check myself and say, whoa, whoa, remind my, I, I've had those conversations out loud. Say, hey, does God want you in that place? Yes, he does. Then keep your mouth shut. We, we get ourselves in so much trouble with our mouths. And we want to stick out. Do, do you want to stick out? I want to stick out. I want people to, you know, um, we get these evaluations at work. And I always, they don't really mean anything in our job because we have a union and you all get the same pay raise based on your seniority date. doesn't really matter on your job performance, but anyways. But they do, they are honest in their evaluations. 
And I always look forward to getting mine because I want to make sure that, that I'm the employee that I should be. That, they, that people are noticing that I'm doing the right thing, right? And, and you should feel the same way. And well, what does your evaluation look like compared to God's word? Turn, let's turn back over to Philippians. Turn back over to Philippians chapter 2. General Electric Power Company. Okay, there it is. Whew. That's how I remember it. Remembered it when I was a kid. I'm like, I couldn't find it. I'm like, there's Colossians. Where is Philippians? All right, here it is. Okay, Philippians chapter 2. It says, Do all things, verse 14, without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. Okay, just, and I think we all know this, but one of the uh, job descriptions of a Christian is not to see how many people you can make mad. And God's word tells us that. It says that the message you have is going to make people mad enough. You don't need to add insult to injury, as they say. All right? So, it says, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And... We all know this, but you know, as things get darker, the more light shines. I mean, you've heard that. I mean, um, I think of uh, like where we live. It gets really dark. We, we have no city lights that come out that far. We, we don't have street lights on our road. Um, when it gets dark, it's dark. And if that motion light does not turn on when you go outside, wow. It, I mean... And boy, do we see a lot of stars, and it's, it's kind of neat at nighttime. But you know what? It doesn't take much of a light to light things at my house. All it takes is a little light because it's really dark. Well, we live in a, in a dark world. It's even more dark. So we need to shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You know, I've had um, the thought lately, and, and I think about it, especially on cloud. You know, uh, certain days when the clouds are looking a certain way, I think about it. Ever since, I mean, I'm 42, yeah, 42 years old, and um, I usually under, go under my age, but I'm accurate this time, okay? Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I always tell my wife, it's not how old you are, it's how old you feel. And I don't feel like I'm 42, not that 42 is old, okay? But um, I've always, my, heart, my entire life, I remember as a kid, uh, when I was, when I was uh, born here, um, when I first remember coherently things at church, Pastor Gip was the pastor. And we used to watch um, uh, Thief in the Night, and we'd watch all these, you know, movies. And, and, uh, we'd, we'd, and so I've always thought about the return of the Lord. And I've always thought, well, it's, it's happening. You know, different events happen in, in the earth. And I remember in 1988, uh, they had all those earthquakes in California, you know, watching the World Series, and all of a sudden the TVs went funny. And, and, I, and I thought, oh, well, maybe this is it, you know, uh, earthquakes and, and all that. And then uh, certain people became president. 
I'm not gonna mention any names, and and uh, I thought, oh well, this is definitely the end. I mean, this person's president, or this person's running for president, and uh, but you know, you think about those things, and uh, you think, well, wow, it didn't happen then. When when is this gonna happen? And then I look around and I, I see stuff that's going on now, and I say, well, this is this is definitely it. I don't know. You know, the Bible says that it's going to be a surprise. You know, it's not. You know, uh, you know we and and we're at least this is the way I am. I like definites. I don't like oh we're leaving at approximately nine o'clock. I like we're leaving at this time. I don't. I like definite times, right? But God doesn't work that way. But if you read this verse, it says, it says, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Kind of going uh, in conjunction or in step with what Pastor said this morning. I don't want, you know, um, I, I, I compare it to this. So, God is our Father, if we're saved, correct? And when we see our Father, we want Him to say good things. As a kid, I, most days, look forward to my Father coming home from work. Some days, I was praying that He would work overtime. Just being, just being honest. If I knew that that judgment was coming, I would say, oh man, maybe something will break. And he's got to stay late and fix it. So maybe that's why my dad worked all those hours all those years. I don't know. Because <laughs> I was a bad kid. <laughs> and God was hearing my prayer for mercy. <laughs> but but um, so I would, you know, some, like I said, some days I look forward to him coming home. And other days I thought, oh. And, and some days I'd pray, pray. I don't know, it shows my shallowness. But I'd pray that my mom would forget to tell him. Right, because I didn't want to face the judgment. And obviously, when we stand before God and He judges all of our works, huh, we're going to be ashamed of some of the things we've done, right? But I don't want to be dis displeasing to Him. I don't want to think, "Oh, there's the trumpet," and oh, man, you idiot, you should have gotten your act together. But. What does the Bible tell us? If we continue to go down this road of murmurings and disputings, we're not going to be ready. Now, I'm not talking about you're not going to make it, okay? The Bible clearly tells us that we can't lose our salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. But you're not going to be as happy as you could be if you go down this path of the murmuring and disputing. And let me tell you, it is so easy, and we all know it, but it's so easy to do. Um, let me just close with, with this story. A little old lady walked into a department store one day and was surprised when a, big, a band began to play. And an executive pinned an orchid on her dress and handed her a crisp $100 bill. She was the store's millionth customer. 
Television cameras were focused on her, and reporters began entering, interviewing her. Tell me, one reporter asked, just what did you come here for today? The lady hesitated for a minute, and then sheepishly answered, I was on my way to the complaint department. <laughs> How embarrassing. But I wonder, and then it says right after that, if, if there had been a secret video camera recording your life this past week, how much grumbling or murmuring or disputing would have been captured on film? Maybe you even came to church, like the lady went to the department store, ready to air your complaints or to give someone a piece of your mind. But God meets you at the door and pins his word on you. Do all things without murmurings or disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Let me ask you the question. Are you known as a grumbler? Well, how do you fix that? You stop, first of all, and you get your heart right with God. And you remember all the good things he's done for you. And you know what? You do more of that and the less of this, this horrible thing. It's destructive. It's been destructive since the book of Genesis. Eve was discontent and grumbled. And it goes all the way down through. And then the, uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, their whole thing was about someone being discontent and grumbling and I'm hungry and I need to eat right now. All, and it follows all through the Bible till today We've always had a problem with this, and it's never led to good things. So let's stop. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll have an invitation. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the clarity of it. Sometimes, uh, honestly, I don't like the clarity of it, because it's. I'd like to excuse it and say I can't understand it, but you make it very clear to us. And I pray that you'd help us to not be a people that murmurs, not be a people that disputes, Help us to be a testimony for you in this dark time that we live in and help us to be an example to our children and, and to the lost that are around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.